This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who've had enough of this shit. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is your game preview weekly episode, and this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing, most dashing of hosts, hiding Absolutely. very quietly and, and slightly behind the, the most most dashing of all hosts, my good friend and co-host, Tony T.O. Ortiz. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing, Chris. How are you doing this evening? Uh, doing well, doing well. It was, it's was. it been a tough week for Lions fans. I think we got a little bit... Uh, after watching the Packers that first week and uh, our little comeback in the first week, you got maybe a little more inflated than we needed to. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The first, and you know what didn't help? The way they played in the first half against the Packers on Monday night, it gave Lions fans a little bit of false hope. And it's like, you woke up a sleeping giant. Or to use the phrase of Dan Campbell, you kind of kicked the hornet's nest. And the next thing you know, the hornets came out and stung you in the second half. So, again, not unexpected. We both thought that the Packers were going to win that game. But, you know, it's 2009 all over again, Chris. And by that, I mean, when Jim Schwartz came in after 2008, there were some good pieces here. He had some pieces to play with. But for the most part, you realized that this was going to be a rebuilding job. And I think what Dan Campbell has walked into is similar to what Jim Schwartz walked into. He knows it's a rebuilding job. They've got some good pieces. But there are going to be some big-name players like a Jamie Collins who are eventually going to go. Ooh, we're gonna talk about and they're going to try to build around the good pieces who want to be here. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, got a big show today. We have the Lions-Ravens pe- preview. We've got the mm-hmm. injury report. We've got a couple of predictions. Vegas odds. We're going to give away some tickets to the Lions-Ravens game. Wait until when you hear us later, not this time, when you hear us mention Joey Harrington, that's the time to call in. You're going to get a trivia question, and whoever gets that right gets themselves a great pair of seats. Section 111 for the Lions-Ravens game. Good stuff to go. Ready to line it up. Tony, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. I'm an idiot surrounded by professionals when I do this. It's really something, I tell you. <laughs> I don't know how to even do it anymore. All right, really quick, want to mention the auction winners. We had an auction for Fisher House. We had three pairs of Lions uh, Ravens tickets that we put up for auction to raise some money for Fisher House, Michigan. Again, trying to raise enough money to build that VA in Detroit. We got yes. $163 raised for those sets of tickets off the auction. And I'm going to double it. Yay! We're going yeah. <laughs> to get a little extra money in there for Fisher House again. Again, if you'd like to give direct, you can go to givebutter.com slash FHM slash 
DLP and help them out. All right. We get to the nice. end of the month. Also, $4 from every T-shirt sold on Detroit Lions podcast will uh, go. A $4 donation will go straight to Fisher House as well. We've got that coming on. I think we're getting, we, we've got to be close to five grand now raised so far. So good stuff. Good nice. stuff to all you folks out there. And thank you for what you do. All right. Uh, thank you, Paul, for the super chat. We love you. Thank you for that. That's awesome. It's really nice when they just send like a super chat and they don't make us say anything because some of the stuff they make us say is crazy. All right. Uh, <laughs> Lions and Ravens. Um, that game, you were so right about the false hope. After the first half, I, me, my heart took over. My brain shut off. And I was like, I, I, on one, on one, like this little corner of my heart knew, you know, you're always ready to be heard as a Lions right. fan. But I was like, okay, well, we, we scored. We held up. We kept up with them, right? Our defense couldn't stop anything. But gosh, this offense looks strong. Jared Goff, that beautiful pass to TJ yep. Hawkin- Hawkinson. I was like, oh my gosh, Goff, Goff just may be it. And I'm not going to, I'm not off on Goff just yet. Second half was a little tough. It's not hit the best kind of game for him to play, but he's shown he has some talent. If we can put some pieces around him, he just might be a quarterback that can carry the team for a while. He might. There's a lot worse quarterbacks than Jared Goff that have won Super Bowls. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's definitely true. And look, again, it's it's a building job. It's a rebuilding job, and it's going to take a little while. So the this is going to be a lost year. I don't even if as bad as the NFC North seems to be right now. I just, this is going to be a rebuilding year for the Lions. There are just too many holes that need to be filled on this roster. You look at the linebackers in the secondary just to start off with, and those are two areas of the roster where there's no depth, and you're seeing the problems crop up with just one or two injuries, or in this case, in the case of the linebackers, one or two players not getting the chance to play anymore. And it's just pointing out what we all knew which is that this is going to take a while. This is not a quick fix. This is going to be a while before the Lions are able to turn it around. Yeah. Um, there's some talk about – so the second half was tough, especially defensively. If you can't stop the ball, you'll Jared doesn't matter if it's Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford or whoever else. They're not going to carry the team. Right. Um, one of the big losers out of this game on the defense was – you know, a lot of people were talking poorly about uh, Mr. Ancelone, but the real loser is Jamie Collins coming out of yeah. that game. I, we watched a lot of film. The slack was, was alight with uh, little gifts of where – Anzalone would would sorry Anzalone would come across the field <laughs> would come across the field outrun Jamie Collins who's just lazy on a block and make a tackle where if Collins had even just made his block a little better that it would have been a tackle for a loss um really 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 tough to see he's out we'll talk about who's in and out this week and that sort of thing but frankly it looks like Jamie Collins was out before the second half of last week's game Yeah. And look, Jamie Collins is a guy who at this stage of his career does not want to be a part of a rebuilding effort. And I don't blame him. If you're at his age, now you're starting to think, I want to win a Super Bowl. I want to be in the playoffs. I want to have a chance to play with a team that might have a chance to win a Super Bowl, might have a chance to make a run in the playoffs. And obviously he's not seeing it here in Detroit. So we'll see what happens with Jamie Collins. I don't know how much they're going to be able to get in a trade for him, Chris, maybe a late draft pick, a sixth or a seventh round draft pick. But some team somewhere is going to need help along in the linebacking court, even along the defensive line, and Jamie Collins could be a fit. So I would say the more injuries that pile up in the NFL, the better the chance chances are that the Lions will be able to deal Jamie Collins at some point. Yeah, my front runners at this time are are the Cowboys with the injuries that they've had. I yeah. think that they're right at the front of the line. If they just need somebody to tie him over, he, he could be their guy. Now, 
12 games into the season if they're if they're not looking good he's probably right. not the guy anymore and he's maybe not the guy you want to have there but look at if hard Get knocks up. uh jerry sorry i didn't mean to jump in on you jerry was no. uh pretty 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 focused on winning the big one this year i don't know that he, you know he's a little delusional sometimes so Oof. <laughs> Oof. that cowboys defense it's getting better but first things first win the division yeah that division is Based on the way the Eagles are playing, which is not bad, not great, but not bad. Based on the way Washington is playing, again, not great, not bad with Taylor Heineke there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Dallas is going. I think Dallas will win the division, but am I looking at them as better than Tampa Bay? Am I looking at them as better than Green Bay or any of the teams in the NFC West? No, not even close. Mm -mm. If being crazy is what it takes to be as rich as Jerry Jones, I'm as nutty as a loon. <laughs> I'd love to be. Let me put it that way. I'm not. I, I want to be. <laughs> hey, Chris, let me give you one dark horse possibility for Jamie Collins as well. Sure. Miami. Yes. Yes. Great call. Great call. Ryan Flores is a former defensive coordinator, and I believe he was there when Collins was in New England. That might be an eventual landing spot for Jamie Collins. Have we heard anything about uh, Tua there? What's going on in him coming back? Any kind of look for replacements? Anything with I, I haven't been able to tune into Miami news at all. So. He is not playing at least this week. Yeah. So Jacoby Brissett is going to start for the Dolphins again. That's it. It's a huge blow for Miami, but also I think it's a wake-up call for, for those people who thought that the Dolphins were going to challenge for a playoff spot again this year ahead of maybe Buffalo and New England. I just don't think the Dolphins are as good as a lot of people think they are. They're okay, yeah. but they have a major question at quarterback in, in Tua Tunga-Bailoa, and I think it was a mistake for them to let Ryan Fitzpatrick walk away in, off, in the offseason because when Tua struggles, you could put Ryan Fitzpatrick in, and I think the offense had the con confidence that he would play well. Right now, I don't see that same type of confidence in Jacoby Brissett. And I think Miami is a great cautionary tale for Lions fans. The path, yes. we're following a very similar path. Um don't be too high this year. Don't be too low. Just know what we're going to get. The fans that are freaking out that had any thought that the line, look, I, I, I said, if you're a fan this year that thought we were going to beat the Packers in Lambeau and we were going to win five or more games, you are probably going to have a foot amputated because you're drinking way too much Kool-Aid and the diabetic <laughs> shock is going to hit. <laughs> Let it go. This is not the year. <laughs> no, this is not the year. Definitely. So there's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Let's talk about. Um, so this Lions team has some, some work to go. Miami is a great kind of for, for, uh, foreshadowing kind of team to look at going forward for mm -hmm. what may or may not happen with the team this year. Remember, okay, we got a lot more people that came in. Remember, we're giving away tickets. Not this time, but when we mentioned Joey Harrington in a story, call in and you get a chance to answer a trivia question and win some tickets to the game on Sunday against the Ravens. Okay, we'll get that in there. Okay, let's talk about the Lions meta. We always start off the, the game previews with a little bit of um, history of the, the two teams. Not a lot of history here. Less than I actually had thought. I had thought they had played, played more times than this, but no, I'm not that smart of a guy sometimes, like I say. They've only met five times. <laughs> the Ravens lead the series. You would think it would be close, but it's 4-1. to one. <laughs> Straight up four to one, they beat us. Uh, the last time we won was in two thousand and five. It was a convincing win, at thirty five to seventeen. Someone mm -hmm. may remember those numbers in reverse from last week. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've lost the last three in a row against the Ravens. They've just been the better team, and 
we've been the Lions. Uh, the first game we played against them wasn't even until 1998, and we lost that 19 to 10. When did they become a a team? It was like 96 ish something. Yeah, 96. 96 was 96 or 97. I believe it was 96 when the Baltimore Ravens became the Baltimore Ravens. Got it. Got it. Got it. And uh, let's see, the total points scored in this the history of the series, 146 for the Raisin, Ravens Raisins, <laughs> and 84 for the Lions. They've had some convincing losses there. Um, you know my story, Tony. I, talked, I touched on it a little bit, but I want to see what kind of stories from your times at the sidelines, your times doing your Tony things. What do you remember the most about your time covering the, the Lions with the Ravens? First one that stands out to me is 2009, and that was a game. It was cold. It was rainy, Chris. And the Lions defense just did not show up in that game. And they were in Baltimore. And I remember Jim Schwartz calling a timeout and bringing his entire defense over. And I think it was midway through the late in the first quarter, early in the second quarter. He called the entire defense out over and he just reamed them out. And I had never to that point ever seen a head coach pull his entire defense to ream them out during a timeout. That immediately stuck out to me when we were talking about that. The other game, 2013, it was a Monday night game. Ravens and Lions, and it was, I believe, Jim Caldwell's first year. 2013 was, I believe, his first year. The Ravens did not score a touchdown in that Monday night football game. I remember that. Justin Tucker hit six field goals, including the game winner, and the Ravens beat the Lions 18-16. The only thing I remember out of that was how disappointed everybody was, or just about everybody was at Ford Field because – if you had told them that you were going to hold a team that eventually would make the playoffs to no touchdowns on Monday night football on your home field, you'd have thought you're coming away with a victory. But Justin Tucker was amazing in that game with his six field goals. Justin Tucker arguably might be the best modern day kicker in the NFL. And I know people will jump up and say Adam Vinatieri, but if you look at the numbers, Justin Tucker's numbers are pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I really, boy, I, so many times I get the shakes and, and the that one was a heartbreaker. I remember that one very clearly. Now I had I had re- repressed the memory, but uh, gosh, I remember that. That was an ugly win for them. But boy, yep. did they they pull that one out. Yeah. Oof. All right, all right. So we'll cover my story in a little bit. Lions Ravens history. Not a lot. I remember there was which game was it? It was really really chippy. Was that the game when was that the Monday night game when yep. they got many many penalties right yep. for. Personal fouls and 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 it was a chippy chippy game, and yes. uh, dirtyish play kind of a thing, right? I'm trying to start yep. to come back to me now. Oh God, ooh, those are good times. By the way, I made a mistake. I thought the Ravens made the playoffs that year. They didn't. They were eight and eight. Really? Okay. There you go. Yep. There you go. They All made right. the playoffs the next year, so yeah, they were yeah, ahead of. Were I was a way. little ahead of myself. <laughs> It's an easy mistake to make. When, when it's not us, it's got to be someone else, right? That's true. <laughs> All right, check out LionsNationUnite.com or the Lions Nation Unite app. Herman Moore started out a huge fan community. We are uh, contributors, partners as part of that, kicking that off. We'll work with Herman Moore on that. And there's all kinds of great uh, Lions fan content. Herman's interacting with everybody. I mean, if you get in there, you can talk to Herman Moore. You will get to it. It's easy. If he's one of your all-time, your old-time Lions favorites, not even that old-time really, yep. but uh, if he's one of your favorites, go in there, talk to him. They've got a great crew of people working on that. And they pick great talent. It's us, <laughs> Dos Dion, uh, everything. King just joined. A lot of great, great uh, fan content coming in there and uh, helping create a platform and a place to talk Lions. Not just 
when we win, but all time being a fan, carrying this team, because there's times when the team needs to be on your back, times when the team will carry you, and this is a chance to put a group of get people together to help carry the team on our backs as fans. Absolutely. LionsNationUnite.com, and they gifted us the tickets that we did for the auction for Fisher House. They also gifted us the tickets that we're going to be giving away here today, and nice. we're going to have a Herman Moore signed helmet to auction off and tickets to this Thanksgiving game as well that we're going to auction off all for charity and uh, we're going we're gonna to get that. We're, everything on these things we're doing is uh, to help raise money for our favorite charity. St. Jude is coming up next month. Um, but LionsNationUnite.com, get involved. It's a great way to show your Lions fandom, to share it with your fans, and to do good stuff for the, the city and the people of the city of Detroit. Absolutely. Thumbs up. And Chris, doesn't Herman Moore look like he could step on a field tomorrow and play again? Dude, his arms. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm like I'm a, I'm a big guy, but I'm built more like 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 linebackery or offensive liney somewhere in there. Right? Big broad right. shoulders and big, you know his arms are freaking ripped. I've been working out for months and I've just got like big like logs or whatever. His arms <laughs> are ripped. I'm like, how do you do that, man? It, 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 he's just looking so good, looking so good. It's amazing. I saw him in Lomas Brown a couple of months ago, and I'm like. I looked at Herman and I thought, oh, my God, he could put on a uniform tomorrow and go out there and actually catch about a dozen passes. It was amazing. It's like the guy doesn't age. Somewhere in his attic, there is a picture of Herman Moore that is aging. And Herman Moore continues to stay young. If you know the reference, thank you. (laughs) I was just going to say, especially with this wide receiver core, he could definitely go out and catch some passes. (laughs) Wow. That was, that was mean. I apologize. All right. We'll get into this. Uh, super chat from Floundericious. Thank you, Floundericious. It only feels like we played the Ravens so much because of how long that game was with Justin Tucker. He <laughs> killed us with the six field goals. You got it, Flounder. Oh, man. Flounder's awesome. All right. Let's uh, get into the Diamond CBD injury report. Diamond CBD. That's where you need to go to get all your pain, anxiety, and insomnia relief. Remember... There's the regular CBD that's good for you, good to go, and uh, gives you all those reliefs and uh, all those areas of relief, and it won't mess up you your drug tests. The other stuff, the Delta 8, the Delta 10, will do all the same things, but it's going to get you high, but along with the high, gives you trouble in the drug test. So keep this stuff straight, with, depending on your life, what you have to do, what you need to look out for and take care of, but you, either way, you can use them recreationally or for the kind of relief you're looking for, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get the help that you need for your head. All right, let's get into this. Okay. Detroit Lions, the big one. Um, it was really, I think it probably was said uh, after the game, but it wasn't until Tuesday. I got a quote from Dan Campbell from the uh, presser on Tuesday. Uh, his comments on Jamie Collins. You've had enough of that shit. So he is going to be out. <laughs> I love that drop. It's the best one. Uh, <laughs> he will be out. He is not playing. Did not practice all week. Not injury related. Mm-hmm. Out for the game. The only line we have as out right now. <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting because you kind of have a feeling that they're pushing him aside at this point to give Derek Barnes a chance to play some more. And also, you don't want to take the chance that he gets injured at some point during the game and then his trade value drops to zero. So I think this is the first of many dnp cds for jamie collins yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um they just gotta find a way to get rid of him i just hope we don't have to pay to get rid of him and i hope we don't have to give money give picks away to get rid of him but i think i think we'll be able to kick you like you said the lottery pick kind of draft pick 
kind of yep, late, later exactly. round we can probably pull out for him. You got Michael Brockers, Trey Flowers, Julian Aquara, Romeo Aquara, Khalif Raymond, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Kevin Strong that are all questionable. Only one of those that didn't practice was Trey Flowers on Friday. Right. Everyone else was limited. Big Could be a big big role against the Ravens for Jamal Williams. And when we get into the matchups, we'll talk a little bit about that, but I can see Jamal Williams playing a lot more than Deandre Swift, at least this week because of the injuries. And let's be honest. I think Jamal Williams has been one of the few bright spots for the lions so far this year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just personality wise. <laughs> oh, cause he's no. great. Personality wise. He's a 20. Oh, believe yeah. me, oh, On yeah. a scale of one to 10, Jamal Williams is right there. Yeah. He's great. He's awesome. All right, the Ravens injury list, man. This is a this is a, <laughs> this is a casualty list from a major battle here. We've got um, we'll go with out first. Ronnie Stanley tackle mm-hmm. out with an ankle. We got Derek Wolf Wolfie. He's out defensive end. Uh, so that's that's looking ugly for them. Uh, then for the questionable phase, we've got Deshaun Elliott. Safety is questionable. Uh, full practice on Friday though, but uh, concussion. Protocol there. You've got Tavon Young, cornerback with a knee, full practice. Marquise Brown, limited practice, questionable. Jimmy Smith, limited practice, questionable. And Lamar Jackson didn't practice on Thursday, full practice on Friday, <laughs> questionable. Ugh, God. Yeah, there was no way he was going to miss this game. I don't care if it was stomach issues or the hip or the stupid thing he did at the end of the Kansas City game. But he was not going to miss this game against the Lions. Not with, and again, we'll get into this in the matchups, but not with what's ahead for the Baltimore Ravens. He wasn't going to miss this game. Sorry. No. If if there was a game to miss, though, this would be oh, it, yeah. right? And if he was like a uh, limited or whatever on Friday, and I'm the mm-hmm. Ravens, I'm like, I'm not super afraid of the Lions. I'll suit him up and sit him for the first half, see how we fare. We can always put him in later, but let's let's let him heal. Why not? I think Lamar Jackson's the type of guy who wants to be in there if he has the opportunity to be in there. So he's going to play against the Lions. Again, unless his stomach gets worse, which it doesn't seem like it is, or the hip starts bothering more, I think Lamar Jackson's going to play, and that's going to be a problem for the Lions. These strategic moves would be so easy if there weren't people involved. They'd mess everything up. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) All right, I got a, I got a story for you. I want to I want to throw on the wayback machine. We were talking about the uh, Justin the the Tucker kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is one I remember, and this is the this is my Ravens memory way way back when. Um, let me see. I don't want to wreck this. Gosh, I just think uh, I, I can't say this. Okay, I'm just gonna say Joey Harrington. <laughs> let's just do that. Let's get the <laughs> let's get that going. You call in for your tickets. I, I, I like. I was like actually gonna tell the story that was the trivia question, and that was stupid. What was I thinking, Tony? Why, why did I get so don't dumb know. in a day? I mean, the story was great. You told it to me before we went on the air. It was great. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll tell the story again. We'll get. Uh, we'll take calls right now. Call for those uh, to win those Ravens tickets. It's on the screen there. Two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four. Two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four. You'll get a chance to uh, win tickets to see the Ravens. Just give us a ring on the uh, on the Lions line right there. All right, as we go forward and wait for those folks to get their uh, call their fingers a dialing, uh, looking for help with a graphic logo for our third annual Detroit Lions podcast Christmas for the kids St Jude fundraiser. Uh, also, we're looking for some people who want to take part. We have a couple people that are willing to take pies in the face at certain levels of money raised. Oh yeah, um, we did it. If, if you remember last year, my my son pied me in the face when yes. we reached ten thousand dollars. That was a pretty fun one. Um, but 
Riz and I we're gonna do the beans. The beans will be back. Those um those those disgusting uh bean boozled. Um I, I just just for the record, Case actually lost his cookies three times off camera. I mean he was he's kind enough to do it that way, but uh I didn't. I didn't at all with all the beans that I and, and I did Ugh. have the sour milk one was the one that almost almost got me. It was it was horrible. But I found sour milk. It's yucky. It's for a good cause, but <laughs> <laughs> there'll be other hijinks. We've got a couple things going on. You guys have seen the DLP drinks studio and we've got the other one going. We'll put some other things, some other incentives as we uh, raise money along the way. But if you'd like to join in, we had one guy who got a staff daddy tattoo for reaching uh, 20 grand. And I remember. A, yeah, yeah, it was great. So if you want to do something, join and uh, help raise money for St. Jude. Little incentives along the way. C- contact me, Chris, at DetroitLandsPodcast.com. We will get that set up, and thank you, everyone. Um, but get yourself ready. If you do graphics work, we're looking for a, a good logo. And and I can only do, do so much, guys. I'm, 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 not, <laughs> I'm not a talent in this space. So please, if you got some good help in that, we're looking for like a 16 by 9 logo for that. All right. And, and Chris, you gave me one of the highlights of my career last year at the St. Jude Telethon. I didn't show you me. I wasn't naked ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. was, It's your fault. But no, you brought me and Jim and Dan back together again. And that had to be, it was so much fun to just reminisce with those guys in the talk. And I still have a copy of that at home. So it was a blast. And again, that's just some of the things that you get when you take part in this telegram telethon and raising money for St. Jude. It was a great cause and just getting this all back together again was so much fun. It, it, was, really was. it really was. I mean, as, as kind of an onlooker and just kind of watching it happen, these are guys, you know, I, I don't want to say I grew up with you, because, but in my, you know, adolescent and adult life, watching you guys and hearing you guys, you have always been so much of my connection to the lions and where the voices that, you know, just living in the city when you couldn't watch a game, you'd be driving around town doing something, listening on the radio. I'd have to go visit my grandparents, put the lines on the radio while we're driving, you know, everything. <laughs> you guys were always the voices that were with me, you know what I mean? And to have you all together in the show, it meant so much to me for you guys to get together. I, I loved, I absolutely loved that. I'll tell you, we're doing something a little bit similar. I, I can't give it away yet because we, okay. we don't want folks to know, but um, we're doing it a little bit. I don't even want to say. We're just doing, we're doing something similar. And I don't want to I don't want to downplay you guys, but I think folks will think this one's just a little bit bigger. This is a, a group of people that people are going to blow up. Uh, OK, back together again. It's it's uh, we're not I mean, we're not reuniting kiss or anything like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but close. <laughs> wow. I'm curious now. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's get into it. Looking for let's see, okay, scouting the matchups. Let's take a look mm-hmm. at this. Um, Taylor Decker still not back. Penny Sewell. Absolutely not a uh, a liability playing left tackle at all. There's still a little bit of a, a controversy. Some folks out there saying leave him at left tackle instead of Taylor Decker. I think it's a royal royal kind of misconception for, that folks might have that that might be a good idea because it's not. Um, yeah. But that offensive line has looked really good still with Taylor Decker out, and we were terrified that the depth there was going to be atrocious, but it still seems to be the strength of the team. How do we feel this line's going to hold up against the Baltimore Ravens? I think the line's going to hold up well because I think the Ravens have some issues with COVID-19 and some of their defensive players that are out. But if you look at the Ravens, they really struggled to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And again, Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, we're talking about two different quarterbacks. But we're also talking about an offensive line in Kansas City that is not exactly the best. I think the Lions' offensive line is just a, a notch below Kansas City 
But I still think the Lions are going to do well in keeping the pressure off the Ravens. Here's the one thing that concerns me about the Lions offensive line. And you're talking about Penny Sewell and, and Taylor Decker. Penny Sewell during the preseason said that playing right tackle is a major adjustment since he was used to playing left tackle in college. Right, right. He gets the left tackle in the pros. He plays well, Chris. Now the question is, can you afford to move him back to right tackle or would you try to move Taylor Decker to right tackle knowing the struggles that Penny Sewell had at right tackle? And it's a good problem to have if you're the Lions, but I think ultimately Taylor Decker, once he's healthy, gets back to left tackle. Penny Sewell moves back to right tackle, and then you roll the dice and see what happens there. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I, I think that Taylor Decker, especially for so many years in the league playing left tackle, and how good he is, you just don't yes. move him. You now know that you can move Penny Sewell to the left and have great success. He becomes your left, your backup left tackle. He's done everything since even preparing to come into the NFL. He's mm-hmm. done all his prep to work the right tackle position. I think he's your guy there, and I think he's going to do fine. I think he's going to do just, just fine on, on right tackle. May, will he play at the same level as left? He hasn't spent that many years, but the, the kid, I mean, his. you talk about neuroplasticity. What, he's 20 mm-hmm. years old? What? How, he's, he is yeah. so young and has so much of an ability to learn and grow and switch, much more so than Taylor Decker, who's 104 years old at this point. No, I'm just kidding. But who's older, right? These things happen. Your, your, your neuroplasticity kind of changes over time. You don't aren't as good at learning, and the, the connection between your brain and your motor skills diminishes. You, you know, Penne is at a peak where he can move around a lot. I'm not saying that there's yep. anything, like, maybe noticeably diminished on someone at Taylor's, Decker's age, but he's settled in, and he's so good at it. We have – it would – what if – can you imagine the outcry, even by the people that want Panay at left tackle, if you mm-hmm. left him at left and Taylor Decker at the right, and you had a game where they both got blown up? It, it would, it just, it would be like, oh my goodness, it's you're going to have that anyway. I don't, not that they're necessarily going to get blown up, but you're going to have that kind of issue already moving Penny back. Don't move them both. I just think that that's a mistake for this team. And look, we were talking about 2009 earlier. This is one of those those crucibles at this point, Chris, where. You know what? You find out how good is this line. You find out how good Penny Sewell is as a left tackle and a right tackle. You find out just how good Taylor Decker is. And we got a pretty good idea how good these guys are. But now this is the time where you see where the pieces fit so that when you start adding players, when you start bringing in other players to start backing up, to start improving the roster, that's basically what this is all leading up to. You're seeing who can play where. You're seeing Who's going to buy into the system? You're going to see which of these guys you want to keep around, what guys you're going to get rid of. This is basically the test right now. This is where this is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's going to be big. I think um, this line is great. How much of this do you think is attributable directly to Frank? Frank Hank Freely. He's It's Frank Haley when he's not with the Lions. He, it's kind of like Clark Kent. He puts his glasses on and he, he goes by Frank Haley and no one knows who he is. All of a sudden he gets on the field, the glasses come off, it's Hank Freely. He's Hank Freely. You know what I thought? <laughs> when you said Frank, I thought you were going with Frank Ragnow. I'm like, I'm like, okay, now nah, I got it. Um, a lot. I think Hank Freely is one of the better offensive line coaches in the NFL. Yeah. And I think you're starting, look, last year when we could point out a hundred different disaster spots for the Lions, that offensive line did play well, and I think a lot of that is due to the coaching of Hank Fraley. And look, Hank Fraley's like just about every other coach on Dan Campbell's staff. He's a guy who's played in the NFL. He knows exactly what it takes to, to get up every Sunday. He knows what it takes during the week to practice to get ready to play on Sunday. And I think that's invaluable. And I think Hank Fraley has proven himself to be one of the best 
offensive line coaches, best assistant coaches in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, and the, the thing I've talked about on a couple other shows we've done in the past, but we were hours away from losing him. Yep, it was. It, yep, yep, yep. Oof, oof. That was. I. That would have been a a huge. I would have had a lot, lost a lot of confidence in this staff early on had they lost uh, Hank in that in that kind of deal. And Chris, as, if you watched any of the Steelers Raiders game last week, you saw why they were so hot to bring Hank Fraley in because that Steelers offensive line got absolutely abused by the Raiders, and that's one reason why Ben Roethlisberger right now is sitting there with a uh, pec strain. I believe it's a pectoral strain. I'm not 100% sure. Let's just say strain muscles because he got driven to the turf several times by Max Crosby and other Raiders defenders. So yeah. you could see why they wanted Hank Fraley to improve that offensive line badly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you go to get him. They're mad. I know they're mad still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Other matchups. Um, I want to ask a little bit about quarterback. And yeah. this is an interesting position. I've, I've got a... A theory about it that a developing theory and, and how the NFL may be changing. We've seen it a little okay. bit. The whole concept of you know we remember God, when was it? Was it the '90s when it started the whole running back by committee? When mm-hmm. they started saying you know what we're not going to have the bell cow back. We're going to have multiple running backs and and we're going to run them a little bit dip- differently. The idea of quarterback by committee. You know the Garoppolo and um, Trey Lance Trey Lance thing in in San Francisco. There's a couple of teams that have that are running to you know they did the Taysom Hill and um you know the guy that just retired the great quarterback Drew Brees. Thank you, Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees, <laughs> where they would run them in and out. You have a couple teams doing this dual quarterback thing, and it's like they're you know I remember when the RPO kind of made its sort of return, if you will, and mm-hmm. a couple teams were dipping their toe into it, and then it became a, th- a kind of a thing. How much, how how long a legs, or do you think this has legs, the idea of taking a skill position like quarterback and mm-hmm. doing a little bit of QB by committee? Because, I mean, it, on one hand, it's a heck of an insurance plan, right? You have two mm-hmm. quarterbacks that have uh, game skill, practice, in-game, you know, under fire, live fire exercise kind of work. Um, they have a playbook built that works for each one so that they can they can alternate between them. How much do you think this might have legs, and how much do you think this goes forward? You know what? In the NFL, I say zero, and here's why. I forget who the co- I forget who the coach was that said this, Chris, but they said if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, and I think that's an issue. Look, you can use a Taysom Hill in gadget plays like the New Orleans Saints do if you have a Drew Brees as your main quarterback. I just don't think that this is something that the NFL is going to adopt anytime soon. I don't think you see. Look, Trey Lance is going in because they're getting him ready to ultimately be the starting quarterback in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you're seeing that. Justin Fields got a couple of plays in Chicago before Andy Dalton got hurt again, because you're going to see him eventually become the starter like he is going to be Sunday. Mm-hmm. I just think if you're doing it without having that situation in place, it's just a mistake. I, I just think you need one solid quarterback there. You need one leader on the field being able to call the plays and you need one leader on the field to get the team settled down, to get the offense in the right gear. I just don't think you get it, Chris, when you have two different quarterbacks rotating in and out. It I, just a, it, You see it in college. It doesn't work. It, it does not always work. So to me, nah, I, I'd stay away from that. You get one quarterback and you go with that person. You definitely need the right people. But here's the thing where I think it will continue to happen. And the reason I think it'll continue to happen until the, the there's a disastrous result somewhere Okay. And it's the idea of what happened to the economics of running backs 
Uh, remember Priest Holmes, the big contracts? The guys used oh, to get yeah. giant amounts of money, well more than they're paying for three running backs that are running by committee right now. You'd have you'd be paying that one. When you think about the implications in the salary cap, and when owners and coaches and GMs start thinking about it, if I can start pushing down the value of the position of the quarterback, which is the costs are through the roof, right? right. If you have a good quarterback right now, you're going to pay a significant percentage of your salary cap to that one person, and that locks out your ability to get a whole lot of other players. If the economics of the situation can be such that you can, again, the whole problem with this idea is, is there's people involved, <laughs> right, and egos <laughs> and everything else. But if you can press yourself into like the, the dual quarterback kind of situation, and you can mm-hmm. get – like. If if in the beginning, Tom Brady's the kind of guy that seems like he would have bought into a, a system like that if there was a team saying, we're going to build this out, we're building two, bringing two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and someone else. Th- that's a guy that seems to have his ego in check enough where he could have lived with that and, and survived in that system. Aaron Rodgers, never, right? I mean, yeah. there's there's no way in the world. you got to get the right people to make it work. But the economics of something like that really makes it you know, something that I think some teams are going to continue to try and see what they can do. I think Tom Brady would have gone along with it at the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. Now, no, at this now. stage of his career, no, I don't see it happening. And it's funny, I'm going down the list of quarterbacks in my head who might actually agree to do this, mm-hmm. and I, I've yet to stumble across one. <laughs> I, I don't see it. Yeah. I really don't. There is one position, though, if you want to talk about devaluing it by bringing in more, shuttling in more and more people, I think eventually it's going to happen. It's wide receiver. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see teams with that number one Marvin Harrison, Calvin Johnson style wide receiver anymore. Like you've seen, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., for example, was a guy who looked like he was on the cusp of being the next one. But because of injuries and things like that, he doesn't play as much. Now you've got other guys who can play. I think we're going to start to see the wide receiver position eventually get devalued simply because you can bring in, you can have a team of five or six wide receivers. You can shuttle them in and out and you don't need that one huge wide receiver anymore like he used to because the passing game everybody's in the passing game now you've got tight ends you've got running backs i just think wide receivers are going to get a little more devalued as we go along because they're so interchangeable ladies and gentlemen the lions are ahead of the curve we do not have that number one wide receiver (laughs) well hold on (laughs) you let me oh see now you just blew up my point a little bit here thank you (laughs) no no Um, i didn't mean it didn't mean they do it do it well no no i'm glad you did because you do need one standout wide receiver. But that multiple. standout wide receiver is not necessarily, again, that guy who's going to be a 90, 100, 110 catch guy. I think you're only going to see a handful of those if you see that many anymore. I just, you don't, you don't want a situation like you have with the Lions right now. You still need that one standout wide receiver. Here's where I look at the Lions. I say we've got a, a group of number threes and, and great number fours. As a mm-hmm. wide receiver, I'm going to take Cephas aside because I don't know exactly where he is, but he's shown some some real skills, right? Yes, he uh, has. Hawkinson, he's a tight end, but as a receiver, he's he's definitely up there, you know, really, really well. What you would love to have is a great group of twos, right? Correct. And that gets you exactly to where you're talking about. Now, the Lions, Correct. you know, okay, great, we don't have that big number one. We've talked about, well, if we, they were to get that number one, that would definitely escalate the rest of the team or elevate mm-hmm. the rest of the team and the rest of the receivers because now you have someone that can fight against that number one cornerback and these other guys have a better chance against some of the lower end uh, coverages that they're seeing. But you still need some 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 better wide receivers in there. But I think, yeah, just elevating that group and escalating their game would be, would be helpful. Think about this, Chris. In the 70s, the tight end was the big receiver. I grew up 
with tight ends. Yeah. Okay, that didn't come out right, but no. you know what I'm saying. Oh, I know exactly um, what you're saying, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Late 80s, early 90s, when the run and shoot became popular, the tight end got phased out, yeah. and suddenly teams didn't have tight Now the tight end is back, and I think that's the way football is. It's cyclical. So while we're seeing running backs phase out, I think the next group is going to be wide receivers, but there's going to be a point where the big back is going to come back. That one guy to carry the ball is going to eventually come back. But again, football just it's cyclical. Yeah, yeah. And and, and we're starting to see that resurgence of the, the tight end, right? With Hawkinson yep. and Kittle and Kelsey and tight end university, all the all the, yep. the, the, the the um the press that that's getting. It's really interesting. It's and you're right, this the cycle is great. It's and it, it does feel like just even where the Lions are, how they're building out this offense historically, like with Patricia and and with Caldwell, we were building an offense that was a couple years old. It was based on what the 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 NFL was already doing or had been Correct. doing. It feels a little bit like right now we're looking ahead. We're trying to kind of feel ourselves into a position where we're building sort of the next thing in the right. offense. And and whether it is the next thing or not, it's still that kind of experimentation you need. You don't want to be the already figured out offense. That's not how you're going to Correct. win games. You need to and do something differently. And that's the problem at this point. Sometimes you think like it's already been figured out and you're behind the curve. Maybe the Lions are ahead of the curve with this. We'll see if they make the playoffs in a couple of years. We can say, yeah, they were ahead of the curve. But right now, it's hard to say if they're behind or ahead of the curve. What I saw, one of the best things I saw was in our Slack chat about this this game against the uh, the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Lions weren't out coached; they were just outmatched. And I think that's what we saw. The player talent just isn't there on this team to play against a group like the Green Bay Packers or the Ravens, another playoff one, or before them, the Niners. These are three really, really tough teams to start the season with. And we we just don't have the player talent yet. And we were Correct. left with a very a, a dearth of talent. But those guys going out there, we saw two halves of football in two games that were really in, you know, inspiring. That first mm-hmm. half against the Packers, to see the Lions, again, we talked about a little bit of false hope. They fought hard. They played really. They couldn't. The defense couldn't stop. You know the Packers. I think they got one stop in the in the Correct. half. But the offense, I was like, very much becoming. And I've, I I really believe in Jared Goff. I think this guy's going to be a good quarterback and a good enough quarterback for us. He that 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 pass he dropped in on Hawkinson and a number of the passes he made and the way that that offense ran was super efficient. Marched down the field, owned the clock. I mean, they did a really really good job executing against a not bad defense in the Green Bay Packers in the first half. There's there's something there. There's something. There. I learned I learned more about the Packers in that game than I did about the Lions, and I'll explain that shortly. But let me get back to golf. I could be the dark cloud in the room and point out as good as golf played in the first half of that game. He also committed a bad fumble yep. through a bad interception in the second half. So which golf is the real Jared golf? Is it the guy we saw in the first half that was terrific or the guy who was making the mistakes in the second half? That's why I say with golf, the jury is still out with the Packers. I'm not convinced that defense is good. Yeah. And I think part of the problem is they changed defensive coordinators and a familiar name, the lions fans, Joe Barry, <laughs> is now the new defensive coordinator in Green Bay. The one thing they did not do in that Lions game, they didn't blitz. I saw very few blitzes. They did do some eventually in the second half, but they were content to sit back in a zone, Chris. And that's not, with the talent they have on that defense, that's not the right way that they're going to play. It's not the right way for them to play, period. Let me say it that way. I like Joe Barry personally. I'm not sure he's the answer as the defensive coordinator for the Packers. Again, I learned more about Green Bay 
in that game than I did about Detroit. And the one thing that stands out to me about Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers and that offense is going to have to carry that defense and maybe have to carry it the entire year. And if that's the case, they're going to run into some serious issues. Well, and I, that you could say the exact same story for the Detroit Lions, right? You could, but it's just it's just the the bar isn't as high for who has to carry the team. This <laughs> is, is kind of where you're at with that. Yeah, the no, bar yeah. is high. <laughs> well, it's not quite as high high for the Lions <laughs> as it is for the the Packers for who has to carry the team. But I think it's the same situation. The offense is going to have to carry this defense. It looks like. And yeah. and I don't know that they're going to do as good a job as Aaron Rodgers and his offense will. But no, those are all all great points. Um, the other part we want to talk about is the Owen. Well, just briefly touch on the Owen sixteen DNA on that defensive coordinator. <laughs> you can't get that stink out. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, there were moments in that game on Monday night where you could see Aaron Rodgers, and they showed some shots while the defense was there, and you could just see a little bit of the frustration coming through on his face and. I'm not going to say it's going to come to a head yet, but that defense has got to play better. And so far, what I've seen in two games, Joe Barry does not have the answers yet for that defense. And yet, despite it all, the Packers may still be the best team in the NFC North. Yeah, yeah, I think that is absolutely the case based on what we've seen so far. Um, all right, let's get into the odds brought to you by Amazon. Odds are you should be going to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com to set yourself up with any of your purchases. Don't go see people. People aren't any fun. We're starting to look at holiday seasons and all that kind of stuff. Do you want to actually go out and see other, like get touched by other human beings out in meat space? No, no. You go to wow. Amazon.DetroitLions.com. Sorry, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. And you, there's there's no there's no none of the stink None of the breathing, all the mask, all the, all, there's no crazy people except you. It's just Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com, and you can get everything you need all year round. It's a great way to go. I haven't seen them all. They may not even exist anymore for all I know. I haven't been. I, it's always Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get your everything. Malls, ex- malls still exist, and if you order from Amazon and your family is crazy, you're still surrounded by crazy people. I'm just <laughs> telling you that from experience. That's all. <laughs> Be crazy at Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where is Vegas on this one? Uh, we'll start <laughs> off with the spread. Interestingly, the the, the Ravens are favored. I, I didn't expect that, Tony. Yeah, uh, it's a shock to me. <laughs> but here's the thing that's actually shocking to me. It's only minus 7.5. I think the reason the line is so low is because of the injuries. Ronnie Stanley's a huge loss for the Ravens. Uh, there was still some question whether Lamar Jackson was going to be 100% healthy. There's the four guys who went on the COVID reserve list from the defense. And the other part of it too, Chris, I think Vegas is thinking that there's going to be a letdown. I mean, think about it. The Ravens played the Raiders on Monday Night Football opening week. Yeah. Then they played the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl contender. And now it's the Detroit Lions. Look past them kind of a thing, right? Exactly. So that's why I think the line is slow, low. And look, I, I'm not going to give my prediction yet till we do the predictions, but there is a part of me that believes that if there is a game, the lions are going to pull off the upset. It's this one because all the factors are in place. Again, it's the lions as opposed to the Kansas city chiefs. People have been congratulating the Ravens all week on how great they played against the Kansas city chiefs and how terrific that game was. Can they come? Can they bring that same kind of effort? Can they bring that same kind of passion and energy and intensity that they did against Kansas City? Can they do that at Ford Field against the team like the Lions, who aren't Super Bowl contenders? And right. I think that's a legitimate question that Vegas oddsmakers are considering. 
No, that's a good one. That's that's real. Um, I, I missed a super chat from Paul. Speaking of quarterbacks, I believe Goff only had one incomplete pass in the first half. Yes, the yep. game has two halves, but credit where it's due. Yeah, the first half looked great, but it was a tale of two Goffs, much like a tale of two Staffords. It was it, he Stafford was renowned for that two completely different halves of play. Yep. Oh, God, it's frustrating as a fan. Why can't we just have a Tom Brady on our team? All right, uh, let's go. <laughs> let's look at the money line. The money line fooled me last week, Tony and. My wife was in uh, was in Michigan, uh, taking care of some stuff with mom, and uh, she made my money line bet because it was plus five hundred. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Right? So, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, so I took Lions plus five hundred, and I lost. But I mean, three hundred bucks for fifty, right? I had I didn't realize it until after she left. I had a free three. Free, three free $25 bets, and I was looking at the prop bets, and I'm like, Hawkinson for touchdown? <laughs> Put my 25 on that. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I, that's a guarantee just about. And I'll, I'll if I lose, I get my I, get, I make 25 on the game, right? I'm good to go. Yep. <sighs> Can't bet Absolutely. from Florida. Can't bet from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just, just, shot, just, just lost my 50. <laughs> <sighs> this is my life, Tony. This is my life in a nutshell. <laughs> All right, money line for the Lions and Ravens. Lions? Plus two seventy, Ravens minus three fifty. I don't. I, I don't know that I would touch those. I'm not touching it at all. Mm. Not, there's too many factors, too many variables in this game for me to even go close to touching the money line. So nope, yep. I, I pass on the money line this week. Yeah, I, I do as well. The spread, I'm I'm not comfortable with. I mean, I I, I like what you're talking about as for the setup here. Maybe you take the the points with the but oh boy, okay. Um, over under, where do you think the over under is this week, Tony? 44, mm, 50.5. Really? Yes. I can and, and I'm like, I thought, wow, that's really high. But then I think about the two defenses that are playing. Yeah. And, and, or, or even let's just put it this way, Lamar Jackson against the lions defense, <laughs> right? They, they can't stop the run. And you got a guy who's, who's probably one of the better running backs in the league. Plus he, he can throw a ball every now and then. And think about this, Chris. The Ravens have given up 30-plus points in both of their games. They gave up 30-plus to the Raiders. They gave up 30-plus to the Chiefs. Now, that being said, the Lions' offense is not as good as the Raiders or the Chiefs, but they do have some issues on defense themselves. So that's not a crazy over-under, but like the money line, I might stay away from that one. Yeah, I don't think I'm touching it. This is this is a tough one this week. I'd, I'd love to try to, to put something out there, but I'm just not – my advice, <laughs> as, as somebody who very clearly lost last week, is stay away. So there you go. Stay away. <laughs> All right. We'll get into the Fanatics final outcome. This is our predictions, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you need to get yourself some new merchandise, whether it's Lions, Red Wings, Pistons, um, Tigers, Michigan, State, Florida Gators, whatever you want to get, head on over to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. They give us a little kickback. doesn't cost you any more, but it keeps the money out of those grubbers' hands and helps your favorite podcast <laughs> by getting something, by getting you something you would do anyway. There you go, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Okay, um, here we are into prediction land, Tony. What do you think? we got a, a big game here, Lions. Ravens, big for the Ravens, probably bigger for the Ravens than the Lions. Although if the oh, Lions yeah. could pull a win out of this, this could be a game a season kind of backstop already yep. to, to turn something around for them. And especially when you look at the next couple of weeks, which I believe are divisional games, the Bears and the Vikings, this could really start to turn the season around for the Lions. Although as we get closer to those games, I can see some minefields with both of those. Yeah. Um, I think the Ravens aren't going to play as well as they did against the Chiefs, especially in the Raiders. 
I think there is going to be a bit of a letdown. I think they won't score as many points, but I don't think they're going to have to because I think the defense for the Ravens is going to play a little bit better than they have the last couple of weeks. 27-17 Baltimore, but I think the game is going to be a lot closer than that score looks. I just simply can see the Ravens just not being in the game like they were last week against the Chiefs. And I will say this much. I'll put a little caveat with this. If we come back here next week, Chris, and the Lions have upset the Ravens, I would not be surprised. The only result that would surprise me this week is a blowout. I just don't think the Ravens are going to blow out the Lions. Yeah, which makes that spread really, really tough to play, right? Mm-hmm. But unless you're going to put it on the Lions side, maybe if you think it's going to stay close and you think the Lions have a chance and you're going to have that letdown game from the Ravens, that might be the place to go. I, I I don't disagree with you. I'm a 30 to 24 guy with the Ravens on top, but again, I have to put the asterisk there that says this could be the kind of game where you you get the unexpected flip. There's the yep. the letdown, like you said, it's a little bit of a trap for the Ravens, who are yep. a playoff team who's seen the Lions just get destroyed basically for two halves of two games, and the weaknesses are there, the injuries are there. They're they're looking at this and saying, okay, well, who are we playing the week after and moving on? So. With that, there we go. I do want to really quick tell me tell my Joey Harrington story. Sure. Um, the thing I remember the most about the Joey Harrington uh, or the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens uh, series was a game with Joey Harrington when he wasn't even playing. Correct. And one of the biggest meatheads ever to play hold an announcer's <laughs> microphone. <laughs> One of the biggest yep. meatheads to ever hold an announcer's microphone stood on the sideline. His name was Tony Siragusa, and he's the one that revealed the whole uh, twinkle toes or twinkle fingers Joey Harrington story about playing the piano yes. and, and and essentially just made fun of Joey. And at the time, it was like, hey, Joey wasn't a super popular. It was his last season in Detroit. Um, I don't know. If you guys haven't seen Joey Harrington's TED Talk, I would go watch it, really. It's terrific. Yeah, it is absolutely fabulous. And you get a sense of who he is as a man. The the the, the pain he went through, the situation he went through in Detroit. I really have a spot in my heart for this guy because, boy, did he, he suffer and was just put in a terrible, almost an unwinnable situation. And, uh, you know, his name forever rings with, you know, Bad Lions play and, and is kind of written in the books that way. But I don't think he deserves all the all the, the what he got and this this Tony Siragusa thing it was one of those things there's a Lions fan at the moment right at that moment no matter how much it's a Detroiter no matter how much I was mad at Joey Harrington and his play I thought Tony you stupid meathead that's you're a jerk don't say that about my Lions and it's much like as, as someone who grew up and, and just lives and dies by the city of Detroit it's a thing where or even you know it's kind of like family look I can rip on my brother Right, but you better not, right? And when he did that, I I am just absolutely sick and tired of the national media continuously ripping on the Lions, continuously ripping on this on the city, the team, um, the 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 broken down car graphics on ESPN, just recycled every frigging year when they get a Monday night game when ESPN's coming. I'm just, it's tired. It's a trope, and it's like it's one of those things. You know, people say Detroit versus everybody. I just hope people remember when. The day finally comes when the Lions are doing well. We don't owe anything to the national media. No, right. the, the Lions, the fans, nobody, because they didn't care. They they made fun of the Lions. They made fun of the city and the people of the city and kicked them continuously when they're down. And this Tony Siragusa is one of those guys that just kind of put the stamp on that, epitomizes that moment for me. I really, really dislike 
him in that moment. And every time I saw him after that, I, I just couldn't forget it. I'm glad that Fox dumped him. Hey, Chris, we saw that this year, just alone. Yeah. First of all, Dan Campbell's press conference when he talked about, you know, biting kneecaps. People yeah. went nuts. They lost their minds nationally because it's like, this is the guy you hired. This is this is your head coach. You could have had Eric the enemy. Instead, you got this guy who wants to bite off kneecaps. And then I remember when he got made the grand marshal of one of the two Detroit Grand Prix races, and he shows up for the press conference with one of those IndyCar helmets, which was funny That's because great. we, you know, everybody knew what was going on. He was just, but again, National media lose. Bill Belichick would have never done that. Well, look, we can we can talk about the guy. We can make fun of him, like you said. You know, we can do it. But when you start getting people from outside who have no clue what's going on, who have no clue of the history of the Lions, who haven't lived through the losses, who haven't lived through the pain, who haven't lived through an zero and sixteen season, and they start making fun of of people in our city, you know what? At that point, it's like enough is enough. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Hey, we got a call, call. What's your name? When, uh, I, I always have to ask. It's not the post game show, but how much have you had to drink? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? You want to go to the Lions game? Yeah. All right. Tell you what. Hold. I got you. I'll get your uh, email address here in one second. We'll we'll get you two tickets. We'll get you a pair of tickets. We'll get them transferred to you electronically today. Sound good? Sound good with me, brother. <laughs> All right. Is that why you called? Nice. Or did you call for something else? I call for that, and also to say you guys rock. Oh, thanks. I love this station, or your podcast, man. Oh, thanks a lot. Thank you. I'm out here. Yep. Where you at? Oh, no, I'm just driving home from work right now. Oh, no, no doubt. Okay, let me tell you what. I'm going to put you on hold for one second, all right, and then we'll get with you. We just got to close out the show real quick. I'll get your information, and we'll get you uh, some tickets later tonight. All right, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. There you go. It's that easy to go to the Ravens game. All right, we're going to put him on hold real quick. All right, mm-hmm. we got him down. We did it, Tony. We, we did the whole thing. How about that? We did. I'm going to be him in about five minutes. <laughs> so, Driving home from work. You know? Awesome. <laughs> Tony, thank you, man. I know you got a long day there, and you come and do this with us every Friday, but your insights, your personality, everything about you is so great. Thank you for joining us again for another Friday. We'll see you next week. Uh, Chris, thank you as always. Don't forget, folks, don't forget about some Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get access to the Slack chat where all the great behind-the-scenes planning and scheming comes together. Uh, great place to hang out. <laughs> Little dollar a month gets you access to that. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. We're not wearing pants. I'm not sure if you go to at AJ Ortiz 3. You may or may not see a man with pants, but you'll see some great content. I'll tell you that. AJ Ortiz 3 on Twitter as well. Also, give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. Leave us a message. We'll get you on the air. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up automatically in your ear holes. Because that's where you want us. You don't. I don't know if you want somewhere else. You can... You can use that DM feature. Use that DM feature. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. <laughs> uh, final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.